as we all are transitioning back into the normal world, I'm going to try to slightly transition into the intro to this show. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome <laughs> back to the Luck We Had, a shameless recap podcast. Thank you for joining us. Or if you're here for the first time, hello for the first time. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for clicking on our podcast and listening. Yeah. You're in for a treat. <laughs> I This week, I went on just like shameless Facebook groups and just like put the link to the Spotify and the shameless Facebook groups. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw I was getting tagged in a bunch of like tweets and stuff. So I was like, retweet, retweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we transitioned to the every other week model. It's such a good idea. Um I'm going to tag a spoiler alert at the top of this. We're going to talk about, like, current shameless doings for a moment. So if you, like, don't want to hear <laughs> about things in the newest season, just, like, keep moving forward for, like, a minute or two. Um, have you seen that the shameless deleted scenes from season 10 have come out finally? I saw them a couple days ago. I didn't watch all of them. I saw a couple clips, though. There's only because... two Ian and Mickey ones. Okay, yeah, I saw the thumbnails for them, but I myself have not watched them yet because I saw a bunch of people posting them and the quality was really bad. So I was like, I'm going to find like it on Twitter or something. But like, what are the scenarios? I didn't even see. It's both of the Ian and Mickey deleted scenes are from uh, the episode where I Mickey comes back uh, like to the Gallagher house from, the window. from prison. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, you know, they spent the entire day together and we got to see about 30 seconds of it. Oh, so yeah, one of yeah, it yeah. is Ian cleaning Mickey's wounds from jumping out of the van, and it's fucking adorable. Baby, I love him. And then another one is Ian is Mickey eating a tamale after Ian has come back from, like, Paula sicking the dog on him. And they're, like, cute and flirty, and they kiss, and they tease each other, and it's adorable. Like, why don't we get that any other time? Like, boys are back in town. All of their cute moments get cut and put on deleted scenes, and we have to wait and wait and beg and beg for them. Fuck you! Just give us... Every season they do that. Every season they do that. And, like, obviously they're in high demand, and obviously people have such a large reaction when they come out. Where's that energy for not putting it in the in the episode? I think, <laughs> Where? I think their excuse for cutting these scenes out of the episode is going to be because uh, in them, Mickey talks about like the cartel storyline that they like dropped like a lead balloon. So they're just like, oh, we can't have him talk about that. But like, I don't fucking care. I noticed that you dropped it anyway, even if you yeah. talked about it for another two minutes in one episode. Ian cleaning his boyfriend's wounds, them teasing each other, and kissing, and being all cute and flirty. Give it to me. Give it to me now. Yeah, literally, like, Galovich was, like, the main focus of season 10. Even though they didn't get as much screen time as they deserved, they were, like, the thing people were looking forward to. That's what people came back to season 10 with. And then they didn't give us the things that all of us came back for. <laughs> like, everyone was, we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. And then they just had to jip us of another scene like there's so many other scenes from previous seasons that were like i understand sometimes why they weren't fit in but like this was mickey's homecoming like this was man's coming back this was the ian and mickey show and they were like you know what we're good <laughs> meanwhile we got an entire episode of frank and mikey doing like ripoffs of ian and mickey scenes like some of them were blatant just like walmart versions of ian and mickey scenes yeah and it was super yeah. annoying i as much as I liked, um, both of those it? actors are very talented. And no, yeah, like, <laughs> but like, as much as I, uh, it just overwhelmed me because it was like they got so much screen time. Like the whole, oh my god, like I we're going so into season ten right now. But like the whole 
uh, hobo juice shit. I was like, this is so dumb. (laughs) I was getting hobo loco or whatever the hell it was called, like four loco. (laughs) And if this podcast lasts until the later seasons of Shameless, you will hear us rant and rave about all of that for many, many hours. First of all, I don't even know if I can talk about season nine without like turning into a ball of fire. I haven't ever seen it. I, I don't blame I've you. I've seen one scene of it, and you know which one I've seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, actually finished Shameless for the first time, like, all the way through season 10, so last week. And, like, I don't know. I I was I was not satisfied. I have a lot I could say about Tammy. <laughs> I have a lot I could say about Tammy. From the little bit I know about her, because, again... I stopped in season five and came back in season 10. So I know nothing else about Tammy except what was in season 10. I'm like a little bit on her side. I like understand where she's coming from, but I also don't know the whole Tammy story. So I can't stand Tammy without knowing. Tammy, we love her, but also she can catch my hands. (laughs) Are Are we ready to get into the swing of things? Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, I want to say up at the top, at the end of the last episode, we were super excited that this episode was going to have uh, Mickey in it, and we have big dumb bitch energy. Um, <laughs> we thought he was in it. He's I not. don't know why I always think he's in episodes 3, 5, and 8. I'm pretty sure he's in episode 8, but I guess episode 6 is what I thought episode 5 was. Big dumb bitch energy. Yeah, because, um, like, it's so hard to understand Shameless Timelines because, like, when you first see Mickey, he's only there for, like, five minutes every other episode, and then he's gone for, like, a season. I also, like, want to clarify for anybody who thinks that we're just, like, fetishizing the gay characters and the gay relationships. Like, we're both queer, and we just... We need that queer representation, so of course we're going to talk about it. It's, like, the entire reason I watch any television show, except for Psych. There are zero queer characters in Psych, and it is my favorite television show. I've been seeing you watching that show so much recently. That's all on your story. Big recommend. (laughs) If you love incredible 80s movies references, the best dialogue you've ever heard, a pineapple in every episode. It's (laughs) funny. It's dangerous. It's got a whole Hitchcock episode that I think is the best episode of television ever written. Oh, my God. Big recommend. But yeah, we... We see a queer character, we love that queer character, and they are ours, um, because any representation is ours, so. Any representation is good representation at this point. <laughs> yeah, so just to get that out of the way, so there's no Mickey in this episode, R.I.P., we'll see you later, you beautiful boy, but this is season one, episode five. Welcome back to everybody who skipped through our spoilers in the <laughs> first five minutes. Oh my god, we're ten minutes into this recording, great. Oh my god. <laughs> This episode is called Three Boys. It premiered February 6th, 2011. Uh, It was written by Daniel Brockhurst. He is a TV writer who's written on a lot of shows. Uh, His newest one is called The Stranger. And he will go on to write uh, a bunch more episodes, seven more episodes of Shameless through the second and third season. I think I heard some good things about The Stranger. I heard it's like kind of creepy, though. Yeah. And uh, Alex Borstein, who you might know best as the co-star of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She was also in Gilmore Girls uh, for in the early seasons, and she's amazing. She is the voice of Lois Griffin on Family Guy. <laughs> and uh, most iconic for people our age, the, the 20-ishes. She was the chaperone in the Lizzie McGuire movie in which she took a class of graduated 8th graders to Rome. 
and she was the only chaperone. We stand. I always forget they're like supposed to be in eighth grade. They I, they do not look like eighth graders to me. <laughs> so we stand Alex Borstein. She and Daniel Brockhurst wrote this episode. Yeah. Oh, I guess I didn't write down who directed this episode. Hold on. Please hold. Oh, it was directed by Mimi Leader. I'm sorry I didn't do any research on you, Mimi Leader. And now we're moving on. Uh, the synopsis of this episode is the family fakes a wedding when they learn Kevin's new fiance comes with a substantial dowry, meaning V. Frank deals with bad medical news by spiraling out of control. Steve looks for a new car with Fiona along for the ride. It's a weird synopsis for this episode, but we're going to get it. This is There's so many different things just happening in this synopsis. <laughs> this is It's just like I hate like I love TV shows, but at the same time, like I'm one of those people that when there's a uh, a lot of the characters or like all of the main characters, like there's a big bunch of them, and then they each have their own storyline going on, and then like nor than not, sometimes they all kind of like come together for the storyline, but then they go they only deal with their own storylines by themselves, and I'm just like my head can't process so many characters going through so many different things at once. That's how I feel about Stranger Things. Stranger Things has like six different plot lines in each episode for a bunch of characters, and I'm like, I can't focus. <laughs> and they never meet until the last episode of the season. Um, uh, me watching Stranger Things season two right now. <laughs> I'm like, everyone just only meets at the last like 30 minutes of the last episode, and I'm just like, uh. <laughs> My sister Zoe just rewatched all of Stranger Things, and I am not okay with this for the 812th time, I think. Yeah. Uh, I'm finishing Stranger Things up. I'm about to re- watch I'm Not Okay again. <laughs> Great show. We love them. Uh, yeah, so this is the episode where Kevin V fake a wedding. Uh, so we're going to get into it. The previously on is Frank, and he's in a hospital bed. We don't know why, but he's got shit attached to his head. I think He's they, in a hospital bed at all times. Who knows? I think they pulled this from like a clip later in the in the season. Okay, so we open the episode. Frank does the previously on. And then we cut to V and Fiona in a public restroom in different stalls, unscrewing and stealing toilet seat covers and big things of toilet paper from a public restroom, which like- And like, it's not like the small little toilet rows. No, they're the gigantic, like fucking like foot long, like circle toilet paper. And they're just like loading them in a bag. Like, I love them. Women ahead of their time. They didn't know, but that shit is good now. <laughs> <They> were... <laughs> And so they're talking about the wedding and Fiona seems to be like gently trying to coax V into, she's trying to talk her out of getting married because Fiona now knows that Kev is married. Yeah, because like the last scene in the previous episode, um, Kev's just like, he's like, yeah, I'm already married. Yeah. (laughs) So So Fiona's like, "Uh, let me save my friend before she finds out the truth. So that presents quite an issue. So you can you can see Fiona trying to subtly talk V out of it. She's like, why do you want to mess up what you already have? You guys are already great together. Um, and like, it's subtle, but it's good. And then we cut to Frank at, I thought it was the disability office. I guess it's a doctor's office. So he can get a checkup to continue getting his disability. Because he talks to people in the lobby like, how much are you getting for that injury? How much are you getting? He's being- oh yeah, he's like sitting next to the guy in like a neck brace and crutches and he was like, how much that get you? <laughs> I tell him I got migraines. I'm like, you're okay, Frank. And then we cut away from that to V in bed, titties out, uh, looking bored. And then she calls Kev up and he crawls up from under the sheets because I guess he had been going down on her, but she was not interested. She, was she wasn't in bed. the vibe. And V asks why they're getting married. And they have a conversation, and you can tell Kev is, like, relieved 
and they decide to call the wedding off, and then they go back to fuck it. As they do. So hey, like, I don't want to get married anymore. Let's smash instead. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, that's like the moral of the show. <laughs> so later on, after they done fucking, V's mom knocks at her door, and she's here to discuss wedding stuff, and V is like trying to tell her that there isn't going to be a wedding, and then they find out that V's dad, apparently, before he died, left a uh, sealed envelope that he said to give to V whenever she gets married. It's got money in it, and they've got no idea how much money. Um, so that sort of convinces V to go back to getting married, but, like, in between all of that, Kev has a funny little line. <laughs> this, I, this is my favorite line, because just both of their reactions, he's just... <laughs> So, like, well, V's mom is just, like, belligerenting them about being, like, all right, we got to find vetting venue. We got to do this. We got to do this. And then Kev's just, like, he does he just says, like, I don't want to get married till gay people can. And then V and fucking her mom just, like, look at him. They're, like, what? Like, what? when has that ever affected you? Which, like, again, spoiler alert uh, for season 10, there's a nice, like, come around moment. Uh, from this to season 10. It's like, it's mm-hmm. a nice little parallel people are drawing. So yeah, Kev like tries to put up that fight, but when they find out that they might get money when they get married, suddenly V's all like, well then let's fucking get married then. Uh, oh my, hold on, sorry. I just realized what you meant by the foreshadowing because I totally forgot that fucking Kevin V get engaged at the end of the wet. Ah! It took me a second. I I was just thinking about how Kev's just standing there with the baseball bat and he's just like swirling it around looking at the guy at the bar. <laughs> but oh my god, I did not even realize that. I love Kevin V. It's so good. Third favorite couple on the show. Really? Um, so we cut from Kev V and V's mom. I I'm sure they said her name. Uh but... I literally let me look up her name right now. I for some reason just cannot think of her name. Just like I'm calling Karen's dad, Karen's dad. Karen's dad. (laughs) Instead of, I think his name's Eddie, it's Karen's dad. (gasps) Yeah, it is Eddie. It's like, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to call V's mom, V's mom. And we'll figure it out later. Carol. Her name's Carol. Okay, Carol. That's such like a, like a, just like a simple name. I didn't expect it to be Carol. (laughs) So we cut from Carol to Fiona. She's peeing in a cup and giving it to a friend who's walked in her once again unlocked back door. To, in exchange for a lasagna. So, like, Fiona is giving the woman clean pee, and the woman is giving her lasagna as payment. And Fiona's like, you need clean pee for your drug test. And I'm like, don't y'all smoke weed, like, all I know, that's, the time? That's what I was thinking. I was like, even though maybe Fiona, like, gave her pee, that girl's, like, every other show, like, she's, like, doing a line sometimes, or she's, like, smoking something, or, like, you know that girl's on pain things every now and then. So I guess Fiona's been clean for a week or something. I don't know. <laughs> and trading this clean pee for food. Uh, oh, I also, I did make an observation. So I, I remember me and you were talking about kind of just like the layout of the houses and stuff and like how no one ever uses like the front door and all that shit. I realized that the reason probably people, everyone goes through the back door is because obviously it's a set and it's easier to mimic a back like porch set than to like have everyone, a clip of them on the front porch coming into the actual house. So I like that made a lot more sense why everyone comes in the back door is because you can tell that they didn't film in Chicago if they come in the back door. It's so (laughs) clear when they're coming in the front door, that that is a backdrop behind. Like, it is so obvious, especially in the early seasons, that that's a painted backdrop. 
behind yeah. them when they open that front door. But like they have like a deck or whatever in their back. So like if you, when people open the back door, you don't see the backyard. So I was like, it made it like, I just like made a lot more sense to me. And I was like, oh, that's why they never use the fucking front door. <laughs> uh, so Fiona gives her pee for lasagna and everybody comes downstairs and they're like, oh, cool, lunch is here. And all of the dishes are dirty, so they're all eating lasagna out of mugs, which is just a nice touch. And then Fiona finds out the wedding is back on, and she gives Kev a look like, uh, oh, oh, okay, I guess I guess that's what's happening. And then we cut to Frank. He's at the doctor's office, taking a horse bath with hand sanitizer. Frank, don't you know? Now this is two things that are a precious commodity now, toilet paper and hand sanitizer. We're just taking them and wasting them. <laughs> they were ahead of the game. <laughs> uh, so he goes into an exam with the doctor who, uh, she plays Max Mom on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I love that actress. I love her. And she's always smoking, no matter what character she's playing. She's smoking. She's a doctor. She walks into the doctor's office smoking and gives Frank an exam. And, uh, that, like, doctor's office he frequents, like, a couple times throughout the season is, like, probably the most trashiest, like, dirtiest, shittiest, like, fucking, like, thing ever. It's got, like, wood paneling on the walls. It's just, like, a terrible... It's, it's like, a dark room. <laughs> it's just, like, it's, like, all brown and, like, tan looking. It's, like, the last place you want to go to, like, take your clothes off and get a medical exam. Frank finds out that it's weird that he's got three balls and he needs a biopsy. I just always was so confused how, like, it just was never a thought to him previously. Out of all the women that gross, dirty man has been able to get with, no one's like, hey, what's that? (laughs) Yeah, apparently they've always been there. He's like, he's always, I've always had three. And the doctor's like, well, that's fucking weird, Frank. You gotta go get a biopsy. So we cut from that uh, to Fiona going into the alibi to confront Kev about the whole already being married, still trying to get married thing. And Kev, uh, Kev's like, yeah, no, I know. And, like, you can tell he's, like, trying to deal with it. And, like, while that's happening, Frank walks in and is in a Frank rant. And he says to Kev, the devil's in my balls and he's coming for the rest of me. (laughs) And then you hear Fiona from down the bar going, I hope he can swim. So, like, I guess we're back to not giving a shit about Frank. You were worried when he was missing. Now you're like, I hope the cancer kills you. I feel like season one's just everyone's feelings about Frank are just not figured out yet. But event, like throughout the rest of the series, like obviously everyone shows their true colors about him. But this season's just so confusing from all of all of these sides. Yeah, because you got people loving him one episode, and then uh, next episode they're like throwing him out in the rain. Like who knows what to believe? <laughs> so Frank is like at the end of the bar lamenting the fact that he might have cancer, and then V comes in all like with a wedding binder and wedding happy and she goes up to kev and she's like when we get married we should buy a house with the money that we get from my dad and kev is like oh my god this is spiraling out of control so he pulls v aside and he's like listen i'm kind of married already hard cut from that to back to their house later kev explains that his ex-wife or i guess like legally current wife is a nutcase who used to, like, mm-hmm. throw plates at him and abuse him. So he got out of there without getting a divorce. Which, like, oh, Kev, can we dig into that a little bit? <laughs> Kev, are you okay? Um, so Kevin V go to get high about it with Fiona, and she suggests they just, if they want to get the money from V's mom, just fake getting married. Fake, fake wedding, get a fake, 
fucking all that money for it. But also, let's point out that Fiona just gave her pee this morning, and she's smoking now. <laughs> okay, I guess. She probably has some some stored away. Just keep it in, like, a little Tupperware, and then warm it up in the microwave when Ew. you're ready. <laughs> Ew. Ew. Okay. <laughs> well, that beats it from, oh my god, I don't even remember when this happens, but it beats it so Frank gets some clean pee from someone. He has to be watched he to puts take it in his, his mouth. pee. So he puts it in his mouth and then spits it into the cup. At least it's way better than that. I, like, gagged watching him do that. I gagged. <laughs> I think that's sometime in season in season two. I remember that. That is disgusting. 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 <laughs> so V, fig- v well, hi, and she laughs so hard about the fact that they're going to fake a wedding that she almost falls off the stairs. And I'm, like, wondering if that was faked. Or if that just, like, happened in the shot and that, that was just their reaction to it. Like, I, I wonder if Shinola leaned too It was far so back. natural, though. I loved it. <laughs> uh, so we cut from that to Sheila's, where she is doing research <laughs> on the biopsy for Frank. Hi, Sheila. We love you, Sheila. We love you, Sheila. And she's getting all, like, sad and, like, oh, my God, what if you have cancer? What if you're dying about it? And Frank does not get why Sheila's getting so concerned. He's like, because we know Sheila's our WebMD queen, probably, for all illnesses and sicknesses. So, of course, this is hitting her way harder than Frank's being like, I don't give a shit that I have three balls. I think Frank's also, like, trying to downplay it, too. But, like, you can tell he's a little bit freaking out, too. And while they're having this conversation, Sheila's ex is brings in an enormous life-sized <laughs> cross. It's so big. Into the house and says he needs the house for Bible study on Sunday. Where the fuck is Sheila gonna go? What do you mean you need the house? Yeah, like, she doesn't go anywhere besides her bedroom and the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> like, where do you want her to go? Again, Sheila, ahead of the times. <laughs> Way ahead of the times. She was quarantined before everyone else. <laughs> so Sheila says that she's gonna bury Frank in one of her cemetery plots. And that's when you can kind of see it get real on Frank's face. It's like, oh, I could, I could legitimately die from this. So we cut from that to a church where Kev and V and V's mom, Carol, are meeting with the priest that's supposed to marry them. And that actor, I know him as the guy from Two Broke Girls, which I know is incredibly insulting because he's like a really famous comedian. I feel like I definitely recognized his face, but um, I don't think I know the actor off the top of my head. His name is Garrett Morris. He was a cast member on Saturday Night Live. He's like, he's a he's a famous person. I was like, oh yeah, he's the guy from Two Bro Girls. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, but he plays the priest that Ke- that V's mom wants to marry Kevin V. And he's like, oh, you guys have to come to this retreat and like participate in all these events in order for me to marry you. And Kev pulls V aside for the loudest like aside conversation two feet away from a person I've ever heard. And, like, there's weird, choppy editing. Like, it's not different enough to be chaotic, and it's not the same enough to seem like one conversation. It's just, like, a bad edit job of them (laughs) fighting about, like, lying to this priest and not having the wedding. Like, it's a whole thing. And V's mom says that Fiona can't marry them like they were planning to. It has to be a priest or they don't get any money. And so, like, they're dumbfounded. I don't understand why their mom wanted it to be so traditional. Like, I get it, but at the same time, like, like, why? Yeah. But, like, she's not, she doesn't seem that, she's, like, strict about it, but not that strict about it. It's weird. 
Because mm-hmm. I feel like, I guess, like, in the end, her mom would be paying for, like, the wedding, realistically. Yeah. So then we cut back to the Gallagher house, where V tells Fiona the plan's not going to work. And Debbie suggests that they hire an actor to play a priest at the ceremony. And Lip says they can convince Father Pete, who is known as the Groper, to do it. Oh, isn't the Catholic Church fun? That we know that there's a I think priest. I think they they make like the like the joke about like the altar boys or whatever. <laughs> oh, so Carl comes in the kitchen and microwaves a fish like a goldfish in a bowl. <laughs> it's like in a bowl and he just puts it in the microwave like pull it out. He comes in while they're having that conversation and microwaves a fish and everybody stops what they were doing and just kind of looks at him and then, and then we cut he, to the cash and grab. <laughs> I think like he doesn't he just go like what yeah <laughs> it just cuts so i'm just like i don't know how to process what's happening and we cut away to the cash and grab i don't want to hear it ian, i don't want to look at it ian's i don't want to think about it but ian's late to work and ian's got a cu- his cute little rotc uniform on he's a cute little boy we love him and we find out linda has to take the boys on a boy scout trip this weekend so linda is going to be gone all weekend and so she gives orders to Cash and Ian, and then she leaves. She congratulates Ian on his ROTC promotion because Linda is a good person. She's just also a smart businesswoman and wants her husband to stop being a piece of garbage. Yeah, we love Linda, but also, like... We stand Linda. I stand Linda. I like her. <laughs> Linda has done nothing wrong. I stand Linda. She just wants a good life, and I... She puts her foot down when she needs to, and that's all you can ask for. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I do not hold anything against Linda ever. Uh, so Cash congratulates Ian on getting promoted to ROTC after his wife leaves and invites Ian to come over to his house because his wife and kids will be gone this weekend. So they can finally have a weekend to each other. Oh, isn't that cute and romantic? Ah, fuck this storyline. Like, I love how they tried to make it so sincere, too. And I'm like, no! You, them being nice to each other or them going on a date or them going to each other's houses does not make up for the fact that it is pedophilia fucking gross again sorry to the actor that plays cash i'm sure you're a very nice man i I wonder if he's done anything else like i wonder if he's in like most of bones he's in like most of the series of bones yeah he gives me like um who was the therapist from how i met your mother that robin dated he gives me like him vibes yeah yeah (laughs) No, I know what you mean, but, like, yeah, he's in, like, most of the show Bones, and, like, his character is, like, a good guy in it, but I just, like, vehemently hated him the whole time, and I felt really bad about it. His name is Chris Bisson. What the heck? He just, like, the when you Google him, it does not look like him, which I'm really confused about. Yeah. Yeah, he was in, yeah, he's just in, like, an episode or two of, like, a bunch of random things. Uh, so yeah, we cut from the cash and grab and that annoying, obnoxious storyline to Frank <laughs> Frank at the doctor again. And now Frank is starting to get real freaked out. He's staring at all of the posters of reproductive organs and like it's weird cuts to and from all of the things. And a ner- he goes to like get up and leave and a nurse opens the door and hits him in the nuts. <laughs> He's like, was that the biopsy? And she like checks it for him and she shaves him and he gets a boner because he's a jackass. Because she's attractive, but he's like, listen, you're down there. I'm sorry about it. And then he's like so distracted by the pretty nurse lady and so happy that she was just touching his balls. Then he looks up and there's his doctor with an enormous needle and she shoves it into his balls, which is exactly what Frank deserves. And then guess what? She has a cigarette in her mouth while she does it. A queen. (laughs) (laughs) 
She's like, this might pinch a little. Stan, I love you. Uh, so then we cut to Sheila's house where Sheila is making V a wedding dress because Sheila is an angel. We love her. I love Sheila with so much of my heart that it like hurts me. I love her so much. This is a really cute scene. It's just a girl's day at Sheila's house with Fiona and V and Sheila and Debbie. And unfortunately, Karen is there. Um, and Karen is shit talking marriage. And Debbie's like, hey, why don't you shut the fuck up sometimes? Like, <laughs> and it's really cute. They're just all having like a little girl's day and like they're being cute together while Sheila makes V a wedding dress. It's adorable. And then we cut to Frank at a cancer support group at a church. And it's all women. So it's like pretty obvious that it's a breast cancer support group. And Frank goes on a weird rant about his balls and how all of the women have, uh, no, and how his balls have a right to be angry at him because they're disgusting and where they hang and everything about them is gross. He said, there's no God. We're all going to die. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> like, there's these women, like, a lot of them have, like, scarves on their head and they all look bit really sickly. And he's just like, yeah. We're all gonna die. And everyone's just like, fuck. (laughs) Fuck out of here, Frank. Uh, And then we cut away from Frank just depressing these cancer survivors to Lip, Ian, and Carl. They're at a church trying to catch a predator. Um, They're trying to catch the priest, like, making a move on Carl so that they can blackmail him into doing Kevin B's wedding. I don't know why these writers enjoy (laughs) pedophiles so much. I feel like pedophilia as much as it's not outright spoken there's a good amount of it in shameless there's so much pedophilia in shameless it's crazy and like more than not like it's like between the main characters and other individuals and i'm like leave these kids alone (laughs) leave them alone (laughs) i hate it but carl goes into the office with the priest and while he's behind closed doors with the priest ian tells lip he has a date with cash and Lip is just kind of like, yo, okay. And, like, they, he just doesn't really fight him much on it. And then they hear a commotion and see Carl has kicked the priest in the balls. Good for Carl. And uh, I guess he's, like, that smoke thing that they, like, wave during a church service. He whacked him in the balls with that. And they're like, okay, cool. We got a, we got a priest for Kevin V's wedding. That's, that's good. <laughs> I love how Lip is on the same page as me and you about Cash and E. <laughs> it's me, you, and Lip against the world. <laughs> And then we cut to Steve. Hi, Steve. First we appearance, love you, Steve. First appearance of Steve in this episode. Steve and Fiona are in the car, and they're going over the wedding plan. And Fiona, and she's like, you have to get the cake from this bakery at this time. And can and uh, we like Steve right now, which is interesting. We actually enjoy Steve's company. <laughs> yeah. And then she asks if Steve can, like, give them the car that they're riding in for after the reception. And Steve says, yeah, but they have to be careful. They can't, like, fuck in the car. I need it in good condition. And Fiona's like, oh, no fucking in the car. And she starts, like, making moves on him while he's driving. And so he swerves and he almost crashes and they get pulled over by the only cop in Chicago. The only fucking cop in the entire south side of Chicago. Who is it? A big man, Tony. Officer Tony. (laughs) And Steve hands over his license and says, like, oh, sorry, it's my friend's car. I don't have the registration. And then when Tony goes back to his cop car to, like, run Steve's license, Steve calls his friend Jesus. He's like, always have a follow car. And then we hear gunshots. And Tony swerves by, throws Steve his license, and drives away. Because there's gunshots he has to attend to now. 
Yeah. And so Tony rushes off. Fiona and Steve get out of the car, rip off the license license plates, throw them away, make out furiously under the L. And then Jesus pulls up and Steve gets in the car with him and they ride away. And Fiona is left just, whew, like the Like the angsty, like hot and heavy scenes just happen so fast in this episode. And I'm like, I even get like, flabbergasted i'm like oh oh man all right (laughs) fiona loved that little rush of adrenaline she loved it and so we cut from fiona just trying to cool down under the l to the alibi again where frank has started to wear a tie every day because he can die at any moment and then he goes on a big (laughs) rant about death then he's like maybe i'll just kill myself before the cancer can do it and like i'm not gonna stop you yeah Um, no one in that bar is gonna stop him (laughs) And then Kev's friends come in the bar for the bachelor party that they're going to throw. And Frank invites himself because that's what Frank does. And there's a mystery bag of something that all of them have to wear. That Frank looks into it. He's like, this is going to be fun. (laughs) What in the world? And then we cut to Cash's house. (laughs) He's blindfolded Ian to bring him in the house. And Ian's like, is this for the element of surprise or so that I don't know where you live? And Cash is like, a little bit of both. I'm like, it's supposed to be cute. Fuck. Fuck you. Fuck you. It's so creepy. It's so gross. I don't like, I hate thinking about it. Like, I hate this scene with so much passion. But, like, shout out to Ian, though, for. (laughs) If it wasn't creepy enough, they added a blindfold, and I hate it. The blindfold just makes it worse. Yeah. And I'm like, what could be that, like, even more of a surprise for him? (laughs) Like, that Cash's house is so, like, ooh, like, shut up. (laughs) You're gross. We don't care. So Cash takes off the blindfold, and you can already tell Ian's, like, a little, like, eh about it, but he, like, takes off his shirt, and he lays on the bed, and he, like, tries to get into it, and Cash starts to massage him, and Ian looks around the room and sees, like, the Vicks Vapor rub next to the bed, and the pictures of the family, and, like, their prayer uh, rugs that are like, hanging They have, like, a very traditional bedroom for their, what, what are they practicing? They're Muslim. The Muslim, like, they have a very traditional room. Like, it's, like, all the bright colors and, like, they have, like, all the fabric pieces and, like, the incense and stuff. And then Ian's just, like, creeped out about everything. He's so And, like, man's, out. like, literally photos of his wife and kids. And, like, Ian's, like, all right, um, I'm going to head out. <laughs> Ian's got to go. He jumps up. He's, like, this is weird. It's creepy. It smells like goats in here. And he gets up and <laughs> leaves. Like, oh, good for you, Ian. Bro, That's exactly Ian what Ian is done. so mean, but I'm like, honestly, well-deserved. <laughs> That's what you should have done. Get the fuck out of there, Ian. And so he gets out of the pedophile's house, and we cut to V's bachelorette party, where V and Fiona and a super flexible woman are, there's just a montage of photos of them on a stripper pole, just, like, watching this flexible woman be, be, be flexible, and they're all just, like, being hot together, and it's great, and I loved it. And then we, uh, V and Fiona come, like, drunkenly stumbling home. And as they're walking, they pass by a drunk Frank. And he's got, like, an afro and a weird thing and, like, 18 necklaces on. I think he has, like, a penis drawn in his face, too, or something. Yeah. And they, they just see each other and they're like, okay, this is weird. Frank's like, I'm gonna die. And the girls just laugh and keep going on their merry way. <laughs> and then we cut to Kev. He's hungover and he's peeing. And he's wearing an afro as well. And he's got dicks just all over his face. Dicks drawn all over his face. And then there's just a montage, like, photo flashback to the bachelor party with guys in, like, 70s outfits and afros and strippers. And Lip is there. And (laughs) I love Lip. It's great. Lip's got, like, naked 
titties on his face and like it's everybody's having a good time at this bachelor party and then we cut from the flashback back to the bathroom where kev hears a noise in the house and comes out of the bathroom and hair sprays the intruder in the face and starts to fight with him and we find out it is v's brother marty played by anthony anderson star of blackish i love anthony anderson he's great i love him this character though is so <laughs> this character though is so wild <laughs> And so we cut from, like, Kev, like, beating him to the ground and going, like, Marty, is that you? Oh, and we forgot a big uh, fucking point of it. Marty's in, a, a like, a prison jumpsuit. Yeah, he's in a full khaki prison outfit. But we cut to the Gallagher's house to find out more information about Marty. And we find out Fiona didn't even know that V had a brother. And that's because he's been in prison for aggravated assault and larceny and arson. And last night, he broke out of prison. I wonder who even told him about V getting married. Like, did their, her mom have to obviously, like, call him or go visit him? Because Mans just shows up and they didn't even know he was coming. Her mom must have called him. Her mom must yeah. have called him. And Lip, come, Lip comes down and he hears V has a brother? Sibling but brother or black eye brother? And I was like, that's a weird comment to me. <laughs> <laughs> just like, okay, we're just going to casually drop that line and keep moving. Apparently, uh, Anthony Anderson's character, Marty, burnt down a mini mall. And that is why he is in prison. And he has Tourette's, bipolar disorder, and a drinking problem. Bipolar disorder. Interesting. We're going to circle back to that for future characters at a later date. That's the show. The show. Pedophilia. Prison. Breaking out of prison. And bipolar disorder. That is. And built illness. (laughs) These are this show's specialties. So V's like, hi, we have to send him back to prison. We have to send him back. And we cut from that whole conversation to the doctor's office where Frank is getting another examination and he finds out his biopsy results are negative. He's not going to die from cancer. Fuck! I wanted her to die so bad. (laughs) Aren't we relieved Frank's going to be fine? And then we cut back to V's house where she's telling her brother, hi, you've got to go back to prison. You've, You've got like a little bit of time left on your sentence. Why are you fucking it up? Just go back. Tell them it was a mistake. And he said he's not missing her wedding day. Um, and, like, there's a bunch of Tourette's shit thrown in there. And they're between a rock and a hard place. He's not going back. And we cut to Sheila's house. Hi, Sheila. <laughs> Every time we cut to Sheila's house, I'm like, hi, baby. <laughs> uh, where she's convincing herself to wear... She made herself a dress to wear to V's wedding. And she's like, I'm going to wear this dress. And it is going to protect me. And I'm going to enjoy this. And then... She's like, it's, it's a beautiful like, day outside, the sun is shining, and then her ex-husband's like, you know, the sun's just a big ball of fire in the sky that could come plunging down at any time. Eddie is gonna catch my motherfucking hands. <laughs> like, man's, like, he just likes to cause problems, and, like, I just hate it, because, like, he's already back in their house. Like, Sheila already kicked his ass out, and then he just has to drop those things on her and just be a complete dick. It's like she's talking herself into going to this wedding. She made the wedding dress. She made a dress for herself. She's very excited. And you gotta be a dick about it? Fuck you. Thought you wanted her out of the house on Sunday. Ugh. So we go back to V's house where she's like refusing to let her brother go to the wedding. And she's like in a room with V and with uh, Kevin, Fiona, talking about it. And he like overhears the fact that she doesn't want him at her wedding. And so he locks himself in her bathroom and threatens to burn her dress and the house down. 
Yance just has like a hairspray thing and a lighter. And he's yeah. just like having some fun in the bathroom. <laughs> and so he's locked in their bathroom and we cut to Debbie and everybody. Debbie's like up on a ladder doing recon for them outside in the alley. And V's like, wow, okay, the day's fucking ruined. My dress is in there. My brother's in there. It's going to burn my goddamn house down. And while all of this is happening, they talk about having kids. And yeah. <laughs> Kev calls mixed race babies tomorrow people. Kev is, first of all, Kev is the best ally in any circumstance, no matter where. <laughs> Kevin just has the best, I, I love that man so I'm much. I'm not getting married until gay people can get married. I think mixed race babies are tomorrow people. They are people of tomorrow. Kev like, is the, Kev is the progression. <laughs> it is so cute. It is, I love that. Tomorrow people. And Kev's like, fuck this, fuck everything that's happening. We're getting married today. We're making this happen. Love that. We love this trope of a wedding episode that, like, everything goes wrong, but, like, they're going to find a way to fix it. Love it. And so we cut to Ian and Mandy after that scene. Ian and Mandy are, like, walking under the L, and Ian is asking Mandy to sign in for him at school because he has plans with cash, which, like, I thought already happened. Um, yeah, like, what are you doing before school with cash? Like, first of all, like, I, we talked about this, like, in previous episodes. How do these people do so much in the morning? I can't wake up before 2 p.m. <laughs> like, I cannot wake up at 6 a.m. and start my day with a whole household of people and then go do something before school and then go, uh-uh. I'm either not going or I'm staying in. <laughs> so Mandy's like, I thought you were already, I thought you already did stuff with Cash. And he's like, yeah, Cash life, like, freaks him out. So Cash is, like, trying to do something else to make up for it. And Mandy's, like, just sick of hearing about it. So she just kisses him. <laughs> <laughs> her power move and, and like her friends are like on the sidewalk like she's going to meet up with her friends but she kisses him and he's like what was that for she's like you're my boyfriend I'm kissing you and I wanted to kiss my boyfriend I was like you know what fair fair point Mandy but it also helps their case because her friends were watching them and like Mandy's all hands and grabby so it makes sense for her to kiss him if they were quote unquote actually dating yeah you agreed to this I'm gonna I'm gonna make out with you whenever I want good for you yeah <laughs> good for you yeah you do you get your get your gay bestie get your beard I support that support that for you um so we cut from that to V's house V is camped outside of her bathroom door like painting her nails and talking to her brother through the door well like you said he's got a can of hairspray and a lighter and he's just like making. <laughs> He's just making his own mini flame flower. <laughs> and she tells him that she wants him at the wedding, that she wants him to give her away. And he, he opens the door and they hug. And then Fiona sneaks up on him and puts a trank in his ass. And they and he's like, you fucking bitches. And he falls to the ground and they handcuff him to the toilet. And they high five because they're geniuses. And then they head on out. <laughs> and of course, fucking V probably just had that tranquil in her, like, met her nurse V medicine cabinet. Because she and Kev be kinky. Uh, oh, they for real be kinky. <laughs> so speaking of kinky people, Sheila's house. Uh, we cut to Sheila's house. <laughs> Great transition. <laughs> where everyone is all dressed up and Lip looks super handsome and he's coming to pick up uh, Karen and Frank and Sheila's Frank's vest and Sheila's dress match and it's adorable. It's like this ugly ass floral pattern, but it's so cute. It's really cute. And Frank says he's going to embrace his second chance at life. And Lip's like, how about you just show up for this wedding and not ruin it? Can let's, <laughs> let's set the bar nice and low for you there, Frank. Frank and weddings do not go hand in hand. And that's a foreshadow for following season. Yeah. 
Sheila talk. Sheila is all dressed. She's all cute. She talks herself up. She's like, I got my gloves and I got my present and I got my dress and it's beautiful outside and everything's going to go great. And she walks up to the door and she tries so hard and she like reaches for the handle and she just can't do it. And Karen like, <laughs> Karen gets her out of it. She's like, mom, I'll bring you some cake. And Sheila's like, yeah, that's, I've got so much to do today. Why don't you bring me some cake? And have fun, like, oh, you're breaking my heart, Sheila. And, like, as much as I fucking hate Karen, like, she's so calm and patient with Sheila, and, like, you know, she generally cares for her mom, and it just, like, it hurts me. I love Sheila so much. Ugh, Joan Cusack, love of my life, is so good. Uh, so we cut from that heartbreaking Sheila scene to V's house, where her brother has woken up under the toilet, and he's like, fuck this, and he just starts to, he starts to, like, jiggle the toilet, and like wiggle himself free and laugh maniacally. And we cut away from that uh, to the alibi. Just we're in the middle of the wedding ceremony. The wedding has, yep. we're right in the middle of the vows, jumping right into it. And Liam is leaning on Ian's chest. Ian is holding Liam against his chest. And he's got a cute little vest that matches what Sheila and Frank are wearing. And it's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I love it. Liam and Ian, Liam, Liam and Ian, I love it. I love it so much. They're so good. <laughs> um, and then, like, they do the wedding, and we transition to the reception. It's at the alibi, the wedding and the reception. Of course it is. Everybody's dancing up a storm, and it's super fun, and it's super cute. And there's, like, cut, there's just, like, little interludes of different characters dancing with each other. And Tony catches the garter and gives Fiona an eye. Bro. <laughs> it, it's so weird. Bro. Like, Lance cannot take a hint. I don't understand why we're continuing this. I thought we cut this off last time. What's happening? Uh... Frank throws a glass against the wall. Instead of, like, clinking something against a glass, he throws a glass against the wall to get everybody's attention. <laughs> and stands up on a table, definitely drunk, and he goes on a long, ranty speech about Kevin V that's actually kind of adorable. He's like, some things just go better in life. Peanut butter and jelly, this and that, Kevin V. Like, that's adorable. It's very it's cute. sweet, but, like, no one wants to hear Frank talk. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And, like, he didn't ruin anything with that speech. It was actually kind of nice. And then V's mom comes up to her and gives Kevin V the check that they were expecting to get, this this inheritance this, from V's this dad. This big old money that they're going to buy a house with and they're going to live their lives. And what do they receive? A $500 savings bond. <laughs> Bro, like, imagine! <laughs> like, I would be pissed, too. Like, first of all, out of all things you could leave your child, $500 saving bond how like how many years does it take to even cash those at it's least like... 18 <sighs> so like if they bought it less than 18 years ago it's not even worth 500 dollars yet yeah and like what did they expect if they got married so soon like kids you won't be even get that money until those kids are already off on their feet Ugh. and they just they just laugh about it they're like oh so this was all for nothing fucking whatever and they they, there's like a little moment of Debbie talking to the acrobatic lady and the acrobatic lady's got like her leg behind her neck on top of the bar and Debbie's like maybe you're making yourself too available <laughs> okay Debbie good one good for you Debbie is too too mature for her age <laughs> that girl's like 8 years old <laughs> and then V walks up to Fiona sidles up to her and goes where the fuck is my cake and like oh right where the fuck is Steve Steve has not been in any of these shots of the wedding. Steve is not at the wedding right now. And Fiona seems upset about it, and V gives her a little nugget of advice. That's the trouble with the exciting ones. The unpredictability is what makes them exciting, but it's also what makes them so damn unpredictable. 
Exactly. She not wrong, but like wrong. Steve Steve's exciting and hot. But then V looks over at Tony and says, he may not be exciting, but he's here. V, when did we get on Team Tony? <laughs> yeah, like, everyone was always shit-talking Tony, and oh, like, because Viona always tells them everything that happens, and now everyone's like, we love Tony, and I'm like, okay, me too, but, like, you guys didn't last episode. Yeah, why are we on Team Tony all of a sudden? But Tony comes up to Fiona and asks her to dance, and they go and dance together, and like, what? And then we breeze past frank having a drunken debate with the priest about the bible which like i honestly wanted this is the only time i'm gonna say this i wanted to see more of that scene with frank i wanted more of that conversation frank and religion is such an interesting concept to learn over shameless (laughs) then we go to a conversation with v and kev and v's mom and v's mom says she wishes v's brother marty could have been there at the wedding she's like i wish he could have been there and then we get a quick cut to Kevin V's bathroom where the toilet has been ripped from the floor and Marty is gone. That man's ripped a whole ass toilet from the floor. <laughs> so like, where the fuck is Marty? And then we cut back to Fiona. She's outside the alibi catching some air. And a car, like Grand Theft Auto, swerves up to the bar. And who gets out holding a wedding cake? Our boy Steve. Our main man, Steve. He's late, but he's here. And as we see him pull up, like, the alibi door is swinging closed, and Fiona casts, like, a longing look at Tony, and you can sort of see her make a decision in her head, looking between Tony and Steve, and she turns and walks over to Steve and helps him bring the cake in, like, oh, she's made her decision, ladies and gentlemen. When was Tony even on the roster? For what I'm thinking, like, what? Like, he was, like, I'm done. (laughs) It's a storyline that we, like, thought they cut off two episodes ago that apparently they weren't done with. But Fiona's inner monologue is still keeping that going. (laughs) Yeah. But she, like, goes over to Steve, and she they bring in the cake, and they're very cute with the cake, and he, like, puts a little bit of icing on her nose. It's adorable. And then they all go inside, and they take a family picture at the bar, and while they're taking the picture and, like, figuring out the camera, Fiona's like, wait a minute, where's Lip? Where's Lip? Lip is in the bathroom. (sighs) Fucking Karen. That is where Lip is. In the dirtiest, nastiest, yellow, piss-filled bathroom stall I have ever did see. As much as I love Kevin V and the alibi, those bitches need to clean that goddamn bathroom. (laughs) So they're fucking in the bathroom. Karen is being very loud about it. And then we hear commentary from the stall next door. And in the stall next door is Marty, covered in toilet paper, flicking a lighter on and off. Just flicking a lighter on and off, like, oh my god. How did he even make it into the alibi without anyone even noticing him, is that I'm thinking about. Because there's only one entrance into the bathrooms. So, and they've been in that building for who God knows how long, because they had the wedding and the reception in there. This is shameless, it doesn't have to make sense. Um, (laughs) It does not, things don't make sense ever. We began the episode in the bathroom stall, we're ending the episode in a different bathroom stall. The credits roll. But then there is a credit scene of Sheila watching Princess Diana's wedding with her ex in the living room. And she's being all cute about it. She's like, it was a fairy tale. And she was a real princess. And it's very cute. And he goes, yeah, well, she's dead now. And there's just a long moment where Sheila just looks at him and goes, asshole. Like, <laughs> Tell him off. Joan's delivery is so good. It's just a, She just looks at him exhausted. She's like asshole and then the episode's over it's great <laughs> i there's so much she's saying that everything what we want to say about him every single episode uh we love Stila, sheila we stand sheila and that's it 
that's the end of this episode. And that's that very eventful episode. Yeah. And then you don't, re- and then we don't really learn anything else about Marty. Like, I feel like they mentioned in the next episode, like he gets sent back, but otherwise, like, that's the whole progression of him <laughs> throughout that episode. And then he's never brought up and we never see him again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the episode. What did you think? What did you think of this episode? I like this episode. It's just really cute, and it brings forward a lot of characters from previous episodes that didn't get as much screen time, I'm guessing. Like, we learn a little more about Kevin V and their dynamic, and then this is the first episode that we meet V's mom as well, correct? Mm -hmm. So then we meet Carol, and of course, we do see Carol throughout the seasons, which is, I love her so much. Um, But I just really enjoy this episode. It's just so cute and so funny, and of course, it has its stupid parts. But, like, I think this is one of those, like, almost quote-unquote filler episodes that was just kind of there to, like, give you some pizzazz about everyone else's lives and not just focus on, like, crazy Fiona bullshit. Yeah. And, like, this, again, sorry, I'm going to talk about the newest season, too. Uh, Let's hear it. But, like, I think this is the episode I was thinking about when I was watching the season 10 finale. I was like, this, this is what Shameless was like. This is season one of Shameless right here. Like, this is the the feeling of everybody getting together to solve a problem with each other. That is what makes this show good. Because, yes, there was two or three storylines happening during this episode. But did you get confused? Did you feel like anybody got cut short? No. You found out no. exactly what you needed to find out. There was... Even the Frank storyline didn't take up too much time. I liked that it was, like, sort of in the... It was the B story. It was in the background. Yeah, I really, yeah, exactly. Like, his wasn't the main focus, like, because there's not as much you could do with his whole cancer storyline, because he already did everything to kind of, like, bring light to it, like, the whole going to his appointments and then the, the, the meeting or whatever, like, that's all we needed. Like, we didn't need anything else about it, and they did just enough of his and then incorporated him into everyone else's bullshit, so, like, it made so much sense. Yeah. And uh, like we said, there was no Mickey in this episode, but we did get a lot of Sheila, and we love Sheila. We love, we love Sheila, Sheila a lot. And we got we got we got a sprinkle of Mandy, which I enjoyed. Yeah, but looking forward to the next episode, there's going to be a little bit more Mickey in our lives. It's, just a, just a, it's just not a, a penultimate. Bit. It's not a penultimate episode for this season, but next episode's got a little bit more little little bit more Mickey in it, and it was written by Bert Hummel himself, Mike O'Malley. <laughs> Mike O'Malley. Michael Malley, he can, Michael Malley can kill me. I love Michael Malley so much. He's <laughs> problematic shit about some of the Mandy storylines, but, like, he's Burt Hummel, so, like, I cannot, like, fully hate him. Um, and he wrote the next episode. The next episode's called Killer Carl. I'm excited to watch that one. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back recording that in, not next week, but in two weeks. Because we're giving ourselves a break so we can breathe. And enjoy our lives as much as we can. I have to go back to fucking Starbucks. <laughs> uh, but, like, we're trying not to get burnt out. We enjoy everybody that is listening and any new listeners we've picked up along the way. We're going to try to promote the shit out of this episode. Like, yes. I'm going to hit every Facebook shameless thing that lets me post anything. I'm a tweet about it. I'm a tag Showtime in our tweets. Because, like, for a while I was, like, trying to hide this show from Showtime because I was worried they'd, like, get mad at us, but, like, I stopped caring. <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate everyone watching and tuning in as much as you can. Like, we know we everyone loves the show probably as much as us, so we appreciate everyone coming back and listening to our stuff. And hopefully anyone new who's listening, thank you for joining us. Like, it means the world to us that you would listen to us rant about a shitty show that aired 10 years ago. <laughs> yes. 
And you can listen to this if, if, I mean, it's the end of the episode. I don't know how else you got to this point, but you can listen to us <laughs> on Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud at The Luck We Had. You can follow our Twitter at Luck We Had Pod. You can follow our Instagram at Luck We Had Pod. You can email our Gmail at Luck We Had Pod at Gmail. I don't even know if we introduced ourselves at the top of this episode. I don't think we did. I don't think we introduced ourselves. <laughs> Hi, I'm Amanda. That's Evan. Uh, <laughs> Hi, I'm Evan. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> We're your hosts at the end of this hour-long episode. Um, if you guys I'm also, we do have a website with most of our information on it, with the links to all the things to listen to, our email, our own uh, social medias. Um, and you can find that at the luck we had that card, um, C-A-R-R-D dot co. And it has all the links to everything luck we had pod you could need it has our posting schedule it has our email our twitter our every link we're on spotify stitcher and soundcloud so like you can't get rid of us we're everywhere yes and the link (laughs) to that website is on our twitter and is on our instagram at luck we had pod it's that easy that easy please email i want to know please like us subscribe leave comments even if you hate us tell us i don't care Please, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> Email us. Tell us what you think. Give us your thoughts on upcoming episodes. If you want us to talk about an, a featured moment in an upcoming episode, we have got six episodes left in season one because there are 12 episodes left. We're almost halfway through season one. I want to hear from people. I want to know if you like us and what you think. And thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we will see you in two weeks from now. We will see you. This episode will be going up on the 19th. Yes. We will see all of you on June 2nd. Damn, June 2nd. Holy crap. Yes. (laughs) It's going to be so nice. Your hosts need a break. Uh, (laughs) So thank you all again for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Yeah, bye.